Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Merry Christmas, or as we say in England, Happy Christmas. We have a special show of Christmas reruns for you because uh, of course we're out of the studio today but we hope you're having a wonderful time with your family two-legged and four-legged and we hope you really enjoy the best of the best from the past year of the horse talk show enjoy and enjoy the holidays (laughs) joined by my co-hosts today i have john holling here in the studio and rick wallace and they are uh, John, you really need to stand up. Let's see that. That's well, I, don't, I don't know that they're going to be prepared for this. Yeah, I know, but we need to get a camera on that because that's is, um, that's um, that's. This that's, is my Darth Vader. Give us a stare. Very stiffness on the back. Very nice. That's right. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> Mine's beautiful because John's mother picked it out. <laughs> she has good taste. <laughs> so I'm not going to look like John. And I am a floating head because um, there is a green screen, which I'm actually going to tell you a funny story about green shirts later when Bill Worthington is on. Remind me to tell you about green shirts. I can't wait. Funny. We're going to start off with some news, though. Is it good news? Yes. Well, some mostly. Uh, The $8.2 million American Pharaoh filly that I had the honor of meeting that was purchased by Mandy Pope from the Keeneland September sale has a name finally. What is it? Her name is America's Joy. That's a great name. I like that. She has the title of the highest priced yearling ever sold at the Keeneland September sale. 8.2 million? Yes. And Mandy outbidded the Sheikh Mohammed. That's a big deal, outbidding him. It's pretty cool. And she's right here up the road, that's how I got to meet her, from just up the road in Citra at Whisper Hill Farm. That's kind of cool. I know, here's some not so good news. Oh, that we don't like I know. not I'm good sorry. news. I'll end on a good note. Okay. Um, in Bibb County, Alabama, a horse is actually being treated at the vet hospital in Starkville after being shot on Saturday morning. There's a 50-50% chance she will survive and remains in stable but critical condition. Um, the 16-year-old and 18-year-old suspects have been arrested and um, not identified yet, but are charged with killing livestock, which is a Class C felony. So, so I know where Bibb County is. That's in that's Macon. That's in Alabama. Is that right? Oh, it's in Alabama. Yeah, Bibb I County, thought you said Alabama. Georgia. No, Alabama. I was yeah. wrong. I know, right? So anyway, I think they should throw the book at them. No, terribly upsetting. It's awful. Um, her injuries are very serious and um, with some internal bleeding, but is at the University of Mississippi Equine Hospital being treated. So hopes and prayers out. And that just reminds me of the slaughters that have been happening in and around. That's been bad. in Florida, which has just been absolutely devastating for people. And um, there are rewards and crime lines available for you to call in. And there's some videos um, of some unknown um, person entering the barn area of one of them so we are hoping that leads to an arrest and conviction <laughs> uh, so jumping team to the 2020 tokyo olympics will be taken to the world's highest sporting court the canadian equestrian stop member it's, it's like she's, she has no like <laughs> area look at that of arbitration over the outcome <laughs> in relation to the drug test she failed at the pan american like Games. invisible <laughs> i wonder what you were doing <laughs> I, was getting, I was getting worried to be honest you know it was that kind of show <laughs> no, it was like invisible we I are still to... g-rated yes we are we that are. was g-rated i was, was my fingers g-rated. going that way focus Yes. The Pan Am Sports Disciplinary Commission has since disqualified her Pan Am uh, Games results and the FEI announced that the team is no longer qualified for the 2020 Olympics. So that is being appealed and um, the lawyer actually um, said uh, Canada qualified for the Olympics fair and square even if the scores Nicole earned after she drank the cocoa tea are discounted. So stay away from cocoa tea. That's all I have to say. 
Get some of the good British PG tips and you'll be fine. It's so tough with all the drug testing rules. I know. The trick is just don't. Who would think of don't take tea? anything? Don't anything. Have anything. Don't just. Don't you, there's an app you can get on your phone. You just put it in. Really? Yes. Yeah. I wonder if PG Tips is on that. We'll go do Good it. Good old British we'll tea. test it out. <laughs> David Benson, Stormy Liberal, has been retired and will take up residency at Good Old Friends in Georgetown, Kentucky. It was announced on December 18th, and we're thrilled because Old Friends is such a lovely place. I visited there several times. Lots of champions and lots of just everyday thoroughbreds that don't necessarily have names uh, as, a, as a famous racehorse, but they're all treated so beautifully at Old Friends and visited by so many people. Dave Scanlon here in Ocala had Stormy Liberal here for a complete evaluation and they did decide that the retirement uh, was the perfect timing and uh, he'll be going on to a very nice life and hopefully I'll get to visit him at Old Friends. Fox Hill Farms, Omaha Beach, who I also got to have a little cuddle with at the Breeders' Cup, uh, had a fantastic straight bullet work December 17th at Santa Anita in preparation for the Boxing Day. Actually, it says December 26th, but Boxing Day is the day after Christmas. Uh, the Malibu Stakes, a trainer Richard Mandela. December 25th, 6th. Yeah, yeah, it's the day after, it's Boxing right. Day. Boxing okay. Day. Because the, se the servants have the day off and get all the leftovers boxed up, so I get the day off. Right, it's oh, a great English it, thing, I still don't totally I understand. thought it had something to do with boxing. It does. Boxing Not pugilism. Up. No, like boxes. <laughs> like Muhammad Ali boxing. No, That's no, pugilism. No, no, right? Is that pugilism? Right? No. Yeah. How do you spell that? I don't, you know what? I don't know. Okay, Pretty sure on. it starts with a P. Yes, it's Boxing Day. They box up all the leftover food and presents they didn't want and give them to the servants. And then the servants Do have we the still call off. them servants? It's a very elitist culture. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds weird. They were supposed to be nice. Uh, you're right. Oh. I'm sorry. Sorry, did we it's just a lovely story. Did we go down go the on. tubes on that one? Uh, there, oh, I have one minute. I got the finger. Here we go. Uh, but it, you, you it know what one minute means. <laughs> no, it means wrap it up. 45 seconds of... Yeah. You're killing take time. Us, take us to the commercial. <laughs> You've got to go to the commercial. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the second segment of the Ugly Sweater Show. Stay with us. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal. Like jockey and horse, shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All In Removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. Like All In Removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show this hour, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Merry Christmas. We're doing reruns for the show this week for you, for your holiday enjoyment. We hope you're having a lovely Christmas day and enjoy our special Christmas show and our reruns from the past year of the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, and in the studio with me, I have Dr. Tim Lynch. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about something that's in the news quite a lot lately. Um, there have been quite a few breakdowns this year, sadly. Um, Santa Anita has definitely been in the focus of many people. And a lot of people who are not necessarily professionals in the horse world or in the racing world have questions about what is a breakdown and what does that actually actually mean. Dr. Lynch, welcome back to the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit, especially in reference, let's talk about at the racetrack, um, what does a breakdown mean? Um, so a breakdown, the classic breakdown can be divided into two groups, either a soft tissue breakdown or 
or a hard tissue like bone. They're usually a combination injury. So the classic uh, breakdown would be a, where a horse loses its uh, suspensory apparatus, either injuring or tearing the suspensory or the sesamoid bones in, the, in any limb and or the distal sesamoidian ligaments. So that spring or that um, catch in the back that helps the horse's fetlocks uh, is now gone. And then so the horse uh, is broken down. So there can be involved a certain number of fractures, uh, including the cannon bone or the pastern uh, and or any other type of supporting structure. You know, there's many breakdown injuries, uh, but that's the classic breakdown injury that can be described as the horse uh, losing its suspensory apparatus and then having or not having fractures associated with it. Um, unfortunately, you know, when you uh, weigh 1,000 to 1,200 pounds and you can run a mile in uh, two minutes or less, uh, those, fr those fractures or those repeated chronic fatigue injuries uh, can happen to any athlete. Uh, but a horse going at that speed, that can certainly be devastating. And not all breakdowns necessarily mean the horse needs to be euthanized. The ones that you worry about, the breakdowns, unfortunately, are the ones that, where there's an open fracture uh, and or uh, such a life-threatening injury that uh, because a horse you can't tell them to lay in bed for nine to 12 weeks, uh, they need to get up right away and support their weight. Laminitis or founder is a big problem. Barbaro was a perfect example right. of that. So it's, it's a matter of uh, trying to adapt certain, mostly human uh, orthopedic repairs to a horse's leg. And uh, you know, a horse weighs 1,200 pounds, so it's kind of a little difficult. We gotta be inventive. But that a lot of them can be saved uh, for a breeding animal, breeding purposes, stallions. Uh, but in some of them, the d injury is so bad that it's not fair to the horse to uh, keep going with them or try to save them. So this x-ray, I don't know if you want to yes, pull up we'll the x-ray. Yes, we have a, uh, an x-ray here we can show you. This is uh, from Rudin Riddle. This is, uh, I think it's Princess Warrior. Uh, Dr. Bramlage did a repair on this horse. So this is the horse's fetlock. There's a very large plate down the front of the fetlock. Uh, it's probably a 16 or 18 hole plate. Uh, and you can see at the back of the fetlock, the horse has uh, broken the bottom of both sesamoids off. And it, I don't know about the soft tissues, but I imagine based on where the sesamoids are, uh, the suspensory is gone. So what he has done is arthrodesed the fetlock with the plate and all the screws. So that joint will no longer bend. And then he, he put a, uh, a wire in there from the cannon bone to the pasture to act as a suspensory uh, apparatus or to hopefully uh, give us a support to the back of the fetlock because now the horse doesn't have that due to the fracture. But this is uh, this was not an open fracture. This is a, a classic breakdown. Uh, the ligaments are gone probably or injured to the point. They will heal and this joint will no longer bend. It'll eventually uh, heal into one bone and this horse will, will be um, fairly comfortable. We'll have an odd looking leg because the fetlock won't bend. Right. But this horse will probably be a breeding animal, uh, no problem. Uh, again, you can see the hardware that goes into it. Uh, this type of uh, injury, unfortunately, the horse didn't, uh, didn't look like he broke a long bone or any of the other weight supporting bones. Um, but this is a, you know, a big problem in horses. They're covered with hair. They live in manure. Uh, they race. And you can see all the staples. Those are the skin incisions. So it's, a, it's quite an undertaking to try to, uh, to repair, yeah, repair and clean, down. and then keep it clean, and yep. then keep the horse uh, quiet. As you mentioned, uh, you know the difference between a, a human athlete and a and an equine athlete uh, is quite different sure. because, as you, well, you mentioned, of course, the 1,200 pounds on these little legs, um, but also keeping them quiet yeah. uh, it, for the required amount of time that they need to rest, and not being. I, I've always said it's much harder to be a veterinarian than a, <laughs> than, a, than, a, than a people doctor because at least the people can tell you how they're feeling. Does it Hurt, sure. and you can tell them you must lie down and rest. Right. And uh, but with a, with when you're working with horses or dogs, I think it's very difficult uh, communication, of course, and and also just the nature of a horse, which is loves to run, um, a flight animal yep. that's going to run if it gets spooked, um, and that they love they love running yep. on the track. So it's it's very hard to keep a horse confined. That's probably a, a really big difficulty. But now the difference with a with a human and an animal is. 
because um, obviously if a, if a horse shatters its leg mm -hmm. then that's virtually impossible to correct right. unlike a person where you might cast them and lie them down you might be able to do something right well yeah so the problem with the horse is they want to stand right away and they need to stand on four legs uh, right away so uh, you can do the best repair and unfortunately we have uh, limit as far as what mechanically can hold a horse and what the strength casts are good but they're not great uh, and they take a long time bone takes about four to six months to heal wow. so that radiograph is a pretty um, extreme case I mean there's other types of breakdowns that includes the tendons and such like that that uh, need time to heal but most of those horses they won't race again but they'll truly be um, usable horses or they could be breeding animals mm -hmm. and such like that so it's hard when you have a horse that wants to get up and run away from you uh, to make them kind of be quiet and a lot of horses are quite good uh, as far as cooperative and what they'll do uh, but laminitis is a big problem in the breakdowns um, and again, depending on the severity of the injury, some of them are so bad that it's not uh, fair to the horse. Uh, we know that that's a, that's a bad outcome or will take uh, so much and still the horse would not be a very comfortable. It's quality of life after those breakdowns and what we can do and what we can't do as far as trying to repair them, get them legs again or bones and go from there. Soft tissue ones, a lot of them do quite uh, a lot better, uh, mostly because they have their bones to stand on. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a whole sort of uh, braces now for horses. They're like ski boots that have hinges that you can control and you control their, uh, uh, their re rehabilitation and such like that. It's quite amazing uh, all the things that are coming out here in the last five to 10 years, trying to help these horses uh, so they can lead uh, comfortable, um, productive lives. And, yeah, they could use some of them could be used for trail riding and things like that. But again, depends on the severity of the injury. I was going to actually ask you that question. You must have seen a lot of advances in your career that are very comforting that you can do more than ever for right. for the horses am when that, they get am I that old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely right. From uh, the days of ruffian. Uh, to now this x-ray and you can see that it's uh, been going on and Dr. Bramage uh, is one of the best, right? So, and it's really um, the safety at the racetracks has improved tremendously. The surfaces have improved. Uh, there's been a lot of research on the improvement, uh, how to make uh, racetracks safe or the surface safe. Uh, they take safety very, uh, very, very uh, highly there at the racetrack because everybody, the jockey, everybody is involved. So it's, uh, and the horse, you know, and they, uh, they truly try everything that they can to make the racing. Now, what has happened there out in California, I'm not really sure. There's been a lot of change of surface and the talk about this and that. Um, I think, I, I don't know. I don't think the final word has come out is what's happened. It could just be a bad luck run, right? Um, so it's, again, it's, it's kind of one of those things, uh, a lot of racehorses and athletes have chronic uh, injuries that you don't know about and then a lot of them are from bone stress and mm -hmm. uh, non-adaptive remodeling of the bone and unfortunately if you take uh, a bad step you're gonna kind of crack your leg or break your ankle right. or something like that so the same with the horses and uh, it's just unfortunate that it's it's happened at one racetrack uh, considering the, no the number of horses that have been broke down or knee euthanizing at the racetrack in the last 10 years has decreased dramatically it has. over a thousand races or you know whatever number you try to pick uh, how many horses per thousand or, or things like that so it's really improved um, here in the last five years it's been tremendous I agree I think it's been amazing the advances have been made and as you said the research into the surfaces and things uh, I think has helped a lot and and it, medical technology you know being able to see uh, what's going on with the horse and know that there's a problem before it races I think that really plays a huge part you know and our, our technology you know everything from what we can see on a scan sure. to you know to beyond so I think a, a lot of that that technology has helped as well to to make us better and we hope to just keep getting better and better right. we hate to see them break down uh, all athletes have uh, have injuries and uh, all sports are dangerous I don't think that horse racing is any different than right. any of them it's just sad that it's been in the focus but good to hear uh, that there are some some savable cases that's a uh, wonderful wonderful thank you dr lynch very much we're talking about uh, breakdowns on the racetrack something that we hope we don't see uh too many more anymore actually uh in that case so uh, thank you dr tim lynch for joining us on the horse talk show i'm louisa 
This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 through the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. This show is sponsored in part by Equisin. When visiting the horse capital of the world, you want to stay at a hotel that reminds you of what you love about Ocala, the horses. Stay tuned to this show for announcements about the renovations to be completed fall 2019 at the Equisin by following them on Facebook and Instagram at Equisin. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. On the Horse Talk Show this hour, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Merry Christmas. We're doing reruns for the show this week for you, for your holiday enjoyment. We hope you're having a lovely Christmas day and enjoy our special Christmas show and our reruns from the past year of the Horse Talk Show. Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital broadcasting from Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. I have my co-host in the studio with me, Leah Langlusik, our four-star eventer. Nice to have you back with us, Leah. Thank you. And also two very special guests. I call them my two legends, actually, from two quite different disciplines, but working very closely with horses and making masterpieces out of them and their riders. And that is Don Stewart. Hi, Don. Mm -hmm. And we have Pat Pirelli here. And of course, as always, in his nice hat. Love that. What is that, a uh, Stetson? Cowboy hat. Oh, I know, it's a cowboy hat, Pat. It's actually, um, it's a handmade hat that um, I get, up, get get them done every year and out in Austin, Texas. It's very nice. Yeah. Looking good, Pat, as always. Quick mention for Larson's Farms, that's Idaho's finest mm -hmm. alfalfa. They are our broadcast sponsor and they have their customer appreciation this weekend. Uh, they're gonna have hot dogs, hamburgers, and $50 off a ton if you wanna go in and stock up on your hay. That is the seventh and eighth and uh, it should be a good day. You can get fed and save some money and, uh, and have a good time. So we'll be out there. You can come and see us. Want to skip to a little bit of news in this first segment. The FEI World Cup Finals yes. are returning to Las Vegas in 2020. I got a little text from Leah this week saying, hey, the Horse Talk sh Show should go to Vegas. We absolutely should. Yes, I said, <laughs> this is a good plan. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. It's going to be at the Thomas and Beck Center. Uh, that's in 2020. The world's best show jumping and dressage horses and riders will return to the entertainment capital of the world, April 15th to the 19th for thrilling equestrian competition at a world-class facility that is now ideal for one of the sport's premier showcases. Have you ever been there? I haven't. No. I haven't. Either. Supposedly they've spent like $75 million on improving it and supposedly it's absolutely fantastic. Well, we so. should go make sure all the upgrades we are We should go and make sure. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, if you're following highway, and I'm not talking about the road, I'm talking about the horse, uh, just north of Micanopy, a horse was found on the side of the highway. He was just kind of grazing and wandering around on his own. He was hurt. He had like um, a big gash on a joint and he had a bunch of scuffs and they couldn't figure out where he came from. Uh, they called him Highway. They, uh, they rescued him. They took him and I believe they performed successful surgery. To start with, they weren't sure if he was gonna make it or not. They named him Highway for obvious reasons. Uh, and then they found out that actually he escaped death. A 12-year-old horse was being taken to be euthanized because the owner didn't have any use for him anymore. So they found him and they rescued him. And then they found a witness who said they saw the trailer door come open and the horse fall out. And apparently the guy got out, looked in, shut the door and off he went again. And so the horse fell out of the moving trailer on the highway and survived. So uh, he's become a sort of icon now. He's on Facebook and everything else popping up all over the place. Uh, he was looking good last time I saw him, so I hope he makes it. And uh, I'm sure they'll be trying to find a home for him. Apparently, somebody in Australia even called to check on him. Mm. What 
a crazy scenario that <coughs> a horse falling out the back of a trailer is better than what its fate was supposed to be. Exactly. <laughs> it would have just been the end. So, uh, so so far, as as far as I know, he is he's doing really well. Um, the sheriff said he was very docile when they went to, you know, to help him. Uh, it was a mystery to start with, and um, but I just think that's the neatest thing because he was on his way to the end at twelve. He's just beginning his life at twelve. So um, really, really, uh, the, apparently the previous owners, before the one who was taking him in, said that they had never had any issues with him and he was a good horse and. So anyway, he's in the right hands now. Let's hope he gets a really good home. And uh, I thought that was kind of good news. Uh, in a little bit of interesting news, how many people remember their riding instructor screaming at them, heels down, toes up? Not you? Instructor. <laughs> 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 I can remember it, OK? And so now. How many people here have smartphones? Like all of us have smartphones, right? Okay, so now there's going to be a smart boot. Yeah, and it's gonna come with an app, and it's gonna make a noise. An Appaloosa? <laughs> Good one! <laughs> That's what it should be. <laughs> there's an app for everything, you know? Uh, they are, they're gonna have an app and Some a boot. Some of them jump. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they do. Over things or sideways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the I the had a naughty app. app. The Appaloosa uh, uh, Association don't use that. I know, you're right. That's a good, an app for everything. Mm -hmm. See, this is why you're brilliant and successful. Because you're I, a fast why, thinker. That's why I get the big bucks. That's I right. know, that's right. <laughs> so the app and the boot. So mm. the boot is going to, if, you're, if your toe goes down further than certain distance from your heel, like as far as like when it makes it's a flatulent noise or something. <laughs> Thoughts at you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, that's gonna be an interesting two hours. <laughs> the reason I know it would be effective is when Linda first moved over from Australia. Oh, you make you snort. She's well that's what I, I did is I, I put it uh, I found a thing on her computer. She's a spell Freak. She can spell yes, anything, but Australian spelling and American spelling is completely different. Yes, so it's in English the, the, too. The Z's and the S's and all this. Yeah. Stuff. So she'd get mad in this thing, because she, she'd spell it correctly, but the wrong right. thing. So, the wrong version. So yeah. I found a little button on the Apple computer that I could actually put a noise to change the, instead of ding or whatever, I put <laughs> No way! So anyway, Linda would be typing along and I'd be in the, in the, in the motorhome driving along and I'd hear <laughs> in the back there, you know. And she's, <laughs> I didn't spell it right. <laughs> 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 so cruel. That's good. That's really good. So anyway, this is at the aim of making the rider have their foot in the right position. And it's going to vibrate, apparently, when there's a... Okay. <laughs> Right. You have kids riding around. Oh no, my heel's fine. I just farted. Yeah, that's, that's it. Exactly. Well, I think it's going to be interesting. I think people should just learn to put their heels down like we did and get yelled at. But that's not the way it's going to be. It's going to be a smart boot. So I guess you've got to have an app for everything, and you've got to have an app to keep your heels down. So there it is. That's the the prototype coming out by Gallup Equine. So you can look out for that for all those um, teaching students. What do you think, Don? Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Are you sick of shouting here? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they won't be blaming it on me all the time. I know. There you go. I know. I, I'm guessing that you won't be allowed to wear the smart boot when you're competing, obviously. I would imagine it's only for lessons. But everything's Bluetooth, you know, savvy. Can I use that word? Yeah. You don't own that word, do you? Um. <laughs> I do have a tattooed on me, but other than that, I don't own I don't Should own we it. ask where? Uh, no, but that's okay. Savvy is a good word. It's a great word. It is. You know what it means? I do. What does it mean? It's French for to know. It does. But Knowledge. It, it, yeah, it, it is. It ha also has, um, there's other ways to say it, like you could say it's second nature, yes. s sixth sense. Yes. Knowing when to be, where to be, why to be, like what Jack to do Sparrow. when you get there. I yeah. mean, Captain Jack yeah, Sparrow. Sparrow. Yeah. Sorry. So you got to know when to be, where to be, why to be, <laughs> what to do when you get there, and when to quit doing what you're doing. Yeah. At an instinctual level. And, so. and when to call Pat. That's right. 
<laughs> and say help. Well, well, I always tell people that come and study with me that their goal, that, that really what they should try to be, is <clears throat> pathological. Pathological. That's and then that's then everything makes sense to the horse. But people that think like people are people logical, and it doesn't make any, any sense of the horse. But that's pathological. Yeah. There's yeah. going to be a whole new dictionary. That's right. Oh, that, I've actually invented some words. Horsonality well, really. was one Horse I learned on Sunday. Yeah, horsonality. Horsonality. I learned that one last time he was on the that show. Was, that was one of my my words. We've got to go to break, but before we do, I've got to say happy anniversary to the Horse Talk Show because this week is five years. And guess who was on the very first show in 2013? You. <laughs> and you! Oh. <laughs> we'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show. We're going to talk to Pat some more, and um, hopefully Don will um, chime in and give him some advice. We'll be back on the Horse Talk Show, <laughs> presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Stay with us. This show is sponsored in part by Hilton Garden Inn. Downtown Louisville, only five miles from Churchill Downs, enjoy the two most exciting minutes in sports, plus a hearty breakfast and a mimosa, and let Hilton Garden Inn do the rest. Book for Derby 2020 now. This show is brought to you and bought by Horse Boxes USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxes USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tax Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, broadcasting from the horse capital of the world. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. My co-host is in the studio with us this week, Leah Lang-Lusick. She is our four-star eventer. And we also have Don Stewart and Pat Pirelli with us. And we're actually going to take it over to Pat for this segment. And we're going to let him chat a little bit about um, horsonality. And um, what did you call it, Pat or what? Pathological thinking. Yes, pathological thinking. That's a good thing. So um, Pat's been doing this since 1982. <clears throat> yeah, so um, coming up 30, 37 years uh, we met since my first seminar uh, this March 1st. So you were like six-ish. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you were a young starter. Uh, your wife, Linda, of course, joined you in your mission. And um, you've got incredibly successful programs and clinics. Why did you want to start this? What, what inspired you? Was it just watching people and their horses interacting unsuccessfully? No, actually what happened was that I had a, a, I lucked into a really good situation. A man named Troy Henry was on the West Coast, was, you know, the three big people on the West Coast were Jimmy Williams, Clyde Kennedy, and Troy Henry. They were the, they were the three big ones. And, and Troy was, as, as the others, were real horsemen in those days, in the 50s and 60s. And, uh, so I went to uh, apprentice with him, and I got a real unique situation. He was, he was retiring, and so he asked me what I wanted to be, because I was a rodeo cowboy, and I was just retiring from that. I'd rode bucking horses, rode Bronx professionally uh, for 14 years until my brains came in. And so I decided I want to do something different. I want to learn how to train horses because I love to train animals. I've worked with at the rodeos. I've worked with all the clowns, and I've worked with chimpanzees, with roosters, with buffaloes, pigs, all the different animal acts, dogs, and all this stuff. So I've always loved animal training. So anyway, so I, I he said, "What do you want? You know, what? Why do you want to apprentice here?" And I said, "Because I want to become a, a really good horse trainer." And he goes, "That is such a low goal." And I said, really? You know, because I'm thinking I'm going win, to win the snaffle bit fraternity or something in Rainy Cow Horse. And, and he goes, no. He says, become a horseman. He said, most horse trainers are just mechanics and they wouldn't make a pimple on a horseman's rear end, is what he said. That was absolutely his words. And so I was like, I had never thought of that, of how the difference between a horseman and a horse trainer. You can be a horseman and not be a horse trainer, and you can be a horse trainer and not be a good horseman. You That's can, true. You can be a horseman and a horse trainer. So that was a little bit what I wanted to talk about today, yeah. was, was to, what is the difference between a horseman and a horse trainer? And so... That's a really good question. Yeah, so to me, um, I, I, I think of it like this, real simple. Cake, icing. 
So to me, trainers are specialists. You know, they're, they're, and, and a horseman is somebody who uses psychology, a good horseman uses psychology to put a great foundation on a horse, build the cake. Right. And that cake, then somebody can put the icing on, and that's where, and then oftentimes rebuilding the cake, that's w which is probably where I got my reputation, some of the horses you talked about the other day, yep. with Sherry and uh, the hunter jumper that. And listen, nobody wants cake without icing on it. And if you have all icing, <laughs> but if you have all icing, if you have just all icing, it's no, it just, okay. Yeah. So. There's that same sound effect again. <laughs> yeah. So let me give you an example of what yeah. just happened last year. A friend of mine, Ken Dickey, paid a half a million euros for a jump, uh, uh, for um, a World Cup jumping horse. Okay. Really, really nice horse. He brings it over and uh, two weeks later. Uh, they failed to explain to him that the horse needed X amount, X, Y, and Z drugs to keep his behavior right. Oh. The horse turned into a wild, bucking, 18-3 hand that could jump six foot clear. And turn, you know, he, he would jump out of any pressure you put on it. He'd jump over the preferred, six foot preferred panels, just like that. And he turned into a bucking horse. And so this guy is friends with a, one of my good friends. and. She, uh, he asked her to ask me if I could do it. So he says, can you fix the horse? I said, I don't know. I don't know how bad it is. I don't know what. And he says, how much would you charge me? And I said, nothing if it doesn't work. I said, but if it works, you owe me 20% of what you paid. He won five out of the seven classes he showed the horse at. It took him six months to re-naturalize the horse, put a complete new foundation on him. He won five out of the seven uh, classes he showed at Wellington, and he won Spruce Meadows against um, 72 horses. And the horse is going on and is winning and winning and winning. Why? Because he got the cake back and he didn't just have the icing. He didn't need to have drugs to, 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 to he had good behavior. He didn't need to have drugs to keep his behavior under control. So, so explain re-naturalize for our listeners. Okay. Well, let's just say that a, the horse is natural. Horses are nat nature in their finest form. Right? So they're natural when we get them. So if we put a really good foundation, they naturally come together. In French, you would say ensemble, okay, to <laughs> assemble them together. And, and, to, and, and dressage then would be the icing, you know, right. not just the sport of dressage. No, no. Dressage actually means... Right, the riding. Well, yes. it actually means upper high-level animal training is what mm -hmm. the, the, the term actually really means. It's not, it has nothing to do with horses specifically, any animal. At any rate, so the point of it is, is that the, if you had a, it's like rebuilding a house or rebuilding a car. You just take it back to what it, what it is and say, okay, let's do it all over again. So let's, start really let's over. Let's take all the parts okay. off and throw them out on the lawn and, you know, take each part mm -hmm. and put them back together. And rebuild. And rebuild. And so a horse has four systems, has a rapport system, a respect system, an impulsion system, and a flexion system. And what everybody else had done, they put draw reins on, everybody just worked on the flexion system trying to get this horse to behave all right so they had they, they had him in roll curve draw reins all the gag bits and all the stuff right i got to where i was jumping the horse in a, in a halter and nice. i wrote cows on him i roped on him i did everything that he needed to, to have to be a really good horse to be a confident learner a confident uh individual confident in in his riders and confident in his environment, especially new environments. And that's, of course, that's what all the drugs were, were about. So taking those four systems, I got, his, I got him where he liked people. He didn't like people. I got him where he respected boundaries. I got him to where his impulsion, which is his emotional energy, was, you know, like, you ever get butterflies when you go to a competition? Oh, yes. I get butterflies, too, but I have taught my fly, butterflies to fly in formation. I don't let them do all this. Really? And so that's what horses do. They either, they either get high levels of cortisol when their adrenaline goes up, or they calm themselves down with dopamine. All right? So they're really, you know, they say, say um, athletes get in the zone. The people have got ice in their veins. That's because they know how to actually self-induce levels of serotonin and dopamine when they get. So that's what real athletes do. So we can do that with horses. So. How that's that's the whole that's the whole thing to me a horseman does that and again uh, you can be a horseman and you can be a trainer and then you could be a showman or a, you know the person that shows the horse or a jockey mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that the jockey or the showman is a horseman or a trainer and all that but it's a rare thing to find somebody that can do all three that can do all three yeah, right and so to me the greatest horseman that the planet has ever seen was Tom Dorrance 
and he knew everything about everything from the moment that fall was born to the to his last breath he knew ages and stages and but it, he wasn't he never won anything he wasn't a you know so instead of judging by how much he won not by the trophies in the ribbon the horses judged him yeah. And I saw horses that would go to him and do things with him or for him. They were attracted to him that uh, peop people couldn't, not, not only not catch, people couldn't even get close to. And in just a little while, he had him coming over and, he, you know, just following him and eating out his hand. They felt as comfortable with him as they did with other horses. With the herd. Yeah. yeah he was like he was assimilated into the herd. He was a horse human that's what a horse man and i just got back from mexico i did two weeks down in mexico believe it or not two weeks all day long seminars in spanglish and i, I mean you know, yeah and did people understand you yes yeah, it was spanglish you know because there was enough there and you had enough english and i know enough uh spanish and in, in, around horses and cattle and stuff like that the point of it is i said the thing that really affected them was i said you know you go to the baño to the bathroom and it says damas and caballeros caballeros means gentlemen mm -hmm. so it really means it means horseman too mm -hmm. it means a horseman is a gentle man a gentle human and i think that's something that that's what to me a horseman is is that they use love language and leadership in equal doses to to not only get into a horse's head but get into their heart very good excellent and so true I mean, it's really, it's it absolute truth. Well, you know, and the, I mean, the, the facts are: if you try to take a twelve hundred pound animal or fifteen hundred pound animal and make it do what you say, it might work temporarily for a spell, but it's not going to long term, and it's always going to be bigger than you. So you can't make it submit. You've got to make it want to submit to you, right? So how do you do that? Obviously, with love to start with. And, and the horse has got to feel like you care about it. Well, they're natural followers, so they're looking for natural leaders. They're looking for, for anything that has the attributes of what a real leader has, okay? And, you know, the, 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 the Greeks had it right. They called it equus. And that means, loosely translated, equal us. Equal us. Okay, so I that's like what it. that to me is what horsemanship and I you can go to your you can go to your Funkin' Wagnall, you can go to your Google or <laughs> anything you want and look up the word horseman, horsemanship, and it, it it's it's a very lightly dusted word. Here's my definition. The perpetual and progressive series of habits and skills that both horses and humans need to become partners. So it's perpetual. It's something you all you get better at, that's, you get more reformed at. Perfect. But it's progressive and it's perpetual. Perpetual. On and that note, we've got to take a break, but we're coming back. We have another segment with Pat Pirelli on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital. Stay with us. This show is sponsored in part by Innova Wellness Spa, committed to providing the best, most advanced options available in the beauty and wellness for their valued patients. Find them on the web at InnovaWellnessSpa.com or like them on Facebook now to learn more about their non-invasive aesthetic enhancement procedures for the most amazing results. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. <laughs> with your host, Louisa Barton. What does it be like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab. You're switched on. You're a bit of old right. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back on the Horse Talk Show, presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Merry Christmas to you. And we have special reruns for you from the past year of the Horse Talk Show. We hope you're enjoying yourself at home with your family and friends, two-legged and four-legged. Merry Christmas from all of us and enjoy the show. 
Welcome to the Ocala Jockey Club. I'm here with host of the Horse Talk Show, Louisa Barton. I'm beginning to co-host with her, Rick Wallace. And we're here with Briggs Surratt uh, of Team Wallace. How are you doing? Doing good. What, and how, how are things happening at the Ocala Jockey Club? Um, well, they're sure is, sure is gearing up for the this big competition. It's looking really beautiful and everything seems to be falling into place. That's great. So what we're going to discuss today is what eventing is. And it's a it's a three-phase process. It's, it's a, a triathlon, triathlon, right? right. Um, a triathlon is certainly what it is. Three parts. Um, we have the show jumping in the stadium, which is right here behind us. We have the cross country, which goes across country, which is amazing. That's uh, An incredible course that's designed here by Clayton Fredericks, our Olympic medalist. And then the, uh, the third phase is the dressage, which of course you've seen um, a lot of people who aren't horse people kind of see it as horses sort of dancing and performing and, and a very controlled and relaxed um, and, and supple kind of moves that you see the horse make. Really incredible to get the, the horse to do that. That's, um, that's kind of bringing it down to a sort that's of a bringing it beginner's down. level. So if we do it in order, right. if we go order, it's dressage on the first day. Right. So the dressage, as you said, is an ice skating kind of thing where you yes. come in and you do a course, you're going to get a score. That right. score, the lower the score, the better. Exactly. So it's called a penalty score. They take a percentage of your of your ride, say it's out of 100%, and you have an 80% ride. If you cross that over to penalties, that would be a 20. Okay. All right. So from that penalty score of 20, you move on to cross country on the long format. When you do the long format, Briggs, what happens? Well, of course, you just said you start with the dressage, and then the next day is the meat of the uh, competitions, the cross country. Correct. And what are you looking for on that day from your penalty score moving forward? What can happen out there in course that could add to your scores? You want to keep the... You're just, you want to keep the same score throughout the whole competition. You don't want to have any sort of refusal or flyby of any fence. So what, what happens when you have a, a run-by or a refusal? You, you accumulate 20 more penalties. That's correct. So that 20 would be added to the penalty score of 20, and you're, you have a 40. So you're, you're battling a lot of things there. Other things that are happening that's been a little bit controversial um, in our sport is, uh, and we're still on the phase of cross-country, is when you're jumping through a corner or a skinny and you knock down a flag there's been conversation about how much of the horse has gone through that flag um, and right now by the FEI there's some interpretation of that but it's been causing a little bit of havoc in the United States uh, it happened at Fair Hill and right now they have cameras on there and they determine what what do they determine determine if the horse has fully jumped the dimensions of the fence and if the horse has not you accumulate 15 penalties so then based on that the ground jury decides if it yes indeed it did not jump through the flags you get 15 15 penalties so our, our cross country has now become very or over the years uh very um, safe oriented we we worry about the safety of our riders and our horses so there's things called mem clips and and pens for the jumps what, what do these do for our safety they are frangible devices to allow the jumps to deform to allow the horse to not have a catastrophic fall. Yeah. So to avoid the rotational falls, that's, that's, which are the dangerous, most dangerous. It's all that, dangerous when you fall off a horse. Right. But, uh, but yes, yeah, certainly to avoid those rotational falls. That's You're, the key. And right? what we are seeing is these these safety features are really, really making a difference in our sport and where we could have a catastrophic thing happen. The, the, all the ingenuity and engineering that's gone into it has really provided more safety to the horse and rider as they go by. But there is some some things that have to happen when you do offset a men's, men's clip or if you do uh, initiate a pin. What happens then? If you initiate a pin or a clip, I believe it's also... It's 11. 11, 11 so, penalties. So you get 11 penalties. So so you just um, negated a fence. You jumped it. The horse hit it hard enough to activate the pin. The pin makes the, the fence fall, but your horse is still on its feet and still going. You get, you get added 11 points to that. Um, there is discussion as to why it's 11 for activated pin yes. and why it's 15 for a missed flag. And I think these discussions are coming up. There's 
There's an association called the Venting Riders Association of North America that is looking into what they need to do to talk to the FEI on these issues. Of course, we have the USEF and the USEA. Um, but Briggs is a big master of this sport. So what comes after um, this long course cross-country vet check, then the next initial jog, what happens on the third day? On the third day, the day starts out with the final vet and veterinary inspection with the, your horse jogging in front of the ground jury. Right. So you want to make sure the night before everything, your horse is all prepped and sound and healthy for so, the next day. So to that point, if you had a horse that you felt really could not go in front of the, the vets and show soundness and ready and readability to go for the show jump phase, which is the last day that will happen in this ring, as a horseman and horsewoman, what is the particular thing that you would do with that horse? Well, first you would try to withdraw withdraw the horse yeah yeah you would withdraw that horse if you felt it wasn't ready to to do it so talk about show jumping what happens then you get through the vet check everything's good you're coming down reverse order you're you're 10th to go in a field of 70 how do you feel you feel nervous but you try to stay focused and and calm and what is what what happens in the show show jump it's it's designed by who this weekend i believe it's designed by chris barnard which is a fantastic course designer really creates courses for the horse on the final day right and, and so talk about what happens if you roll if you pull a pull a rail what if, happens? if you knock down a rail you accumulate four more penalties to your final score and then then of course if people don't want to keep going down the leaderboard and that's not good right so also uh, along with the cross country and the time if you you're over on cross country i just transition back if every second you're late on cross country it's 0.4 penalties so if you're 10 seconds late that's four penalties added show jump used to be one point per second and now has changed to a point four so you you're timed out there if you're over you get point four added if you have a stop how many points are added zero four you said oh, I thought okay. it was, if you have yeah. a stop four, four yeah 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 so we're four. we're bringing Briggs into the show jump he's going to come cuz he does know what's going on but uh, what do you show jump what do you feel is on the last day do you for us what do you think you're looking at us going oh my gosh they're going out there and jumping what do you think well first of all i'm thinking wow what a horse because when i evented as a little girl i did very low level like little little kid stuff and we did all three in a day we did the dressage, the cross-country, and the jumping sure. all in the same day, which was crazy in my opinion. But we were very low level, too. We weren't doing anything like this. Right. But really, to me, a horse that is able, first of all, to do all three of these disciplines and a rider that's able to do all three of these disciplines is, first of all, off the charts, uh, first. And secondly, the, the horse to have done this competition at this level against the best riders in the world, to come in on the third day and hop over those jumps is... Uh, to me, it's just, it's incredible. What an amazing horse. Right. You know? And I can speak to, to the effects that it has on me. It's why you, a rider with nerves of steel is really important. I think Elise is one of those people. Uh, Briggs has pretty good nerves of steel. He's been jumping around clean in the show jump. He's actually competing one of my horses, ultimate victory this weekend in the two-star long. Um, he's got a three-star long horse that was unfortunately injured last year here. He was ninth going into show jump, and we had to do exactly what we were just talking about. The horse wasn't fit for the inspection the next day, and we withdrew. Uh, but Briggs was ninth um, out of, uh, there was 75 horses, I believe. Wow. So, you know, this year, we're going to watch him on the two-star long horse. Are you? Tell me about Cody. Are you excited about this horse? I'm very excited about this horse. It's actually uh, the first horse that has extra mileage from somebody else that I'm riding. Yep. So I've only been riding horses that I have produced up to levels myself. And so this is, it's, a, it's different. It's a little bit, he, he knows he knows what to do. And I'm just out there. We're just communicating to each other and we just kind of go at it. It's a really cool horse, cool story. We've had a great time here this weekend, and I'm really excited about my um, people that are competing and my daughter and Briggs, and so this is going to be fun just to go through it again. Three phases, dressage, cross-country, show jump, all within four days, and we're going to see who comes out on top at the end of those days in the two-star long, three-star long, four-star long, and four-star short.
Incredible. Well, um, it's amazing. Uh, we're going to have the best of the best here for you. Uh, we're going to have some incredible interviews coming up with some top eventers, um, some young riders coming up in the sport with some of the best help and coaches they could possibly have. Uh, Briggs, high five for being an awesome cameraman and a fantastic rider. Excited to see you go. And I'm going to see you grin from ear to ear like a Cheshire cat when you win. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank Rick Wallace, my co-host. He's brill, uh, and he's done an absolutely phenomenal job uh, getting all these interviews wrapped up today and we're really looking forward to just an incredible time at the Ocala Jockey Club Kids Zone exhibitions Mustangs Tick Maynard the author and top eventer Lucinda Green will be here she'll be doing the course walk on Friday really need to come and watch her and listen to her on the on the four star long course she's going to be doing a clinic on Monday and Tuesday at Barnstaple it's really really fun to watch Lucinda she's amazing and I'll get to meet her next week Uh, we are just thrilled to be part of this uh, Olympic qualifier the uh, Ocala Jockey Club thank you to Rick and Briggs I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show This show is brought to you in part by New Millennium Realty. Owner and broker Brian Cox loves this community and wants to help you find your place in the horse capital of the world. Like them on Facebook or find them at allfarmsmatter.com. New Millennium Realty, the future of real estate. This show is sponsored in part by 1K Helmets, certified to ASTM standards, where the perfect synergy of advanced technology meets aesthetically pleasing design wrapped in a package that traditionalists appreciate. Check them out at 1khelmets.com and like them on Facebook. 1K Helmets, where style meets safety. Welcome back on the Horse Talk Show, presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Merry Christmas to you. And we have special reruns for you from the past year of the Horse Talk Show. We hope you're enjoying yourself at home with your family and friends, two-legged and four-legged. Merry Christmas from all of us and enjoy the show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at the Ocala Jockey Club. Just a couple of days before the international three-day event that will be here this weekend. Very exciting, incredible Olympic qualifier. One of the most beautiful places in Florida, if not in the United States. 900 acres, incredible, gorgeous footing, amazing terrain. The trees are fantastic. Uh, The views are are absolutely unparalleled. Uh, The the clubhouse up here uh, on top of the hill is just amazing. The sunsets. Nothing like it, I think, anywhere in Florida. And I am absolutely thrilled to have the Wallace family here. I have Elisa Wallace and also her dad, Rick, uh, of course, who co-hosts the Horse Talk Show with us. I'm going to start with Elisa and let her tell us about this weekend. Uh, It's going to be a really spectacular weekend, and it's really picturesque here. So the rolling hills really make for an exciting cross-country with the terrain for our horses. And uh, with the spectators, it's just going to be really exciting. Fantastic. Now, we've got almost a couple of hundred riders, I think, signed up about 45 or 50 more than last year. Can you comment on the importance of this as a qualifier for the 2020 Olympics? It's one of the, I mean, it is the last big event uh, for 2019, so it's really important for the horses ending their season uh, and also kind of having a little bit of a head start for next year uh, with the other qualifiers that will be uh, there as well. But it's uh, really important to have a good go here, and it'll be amazing quality horses and riders to watch. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited. Tell us about your horse and what you're competing in this weekend. I have two horses competing at the CCI Two Star Long. Uh, those are my two prelim horses, Munson Slough, who is owned by my dad, Rick Wallace, and um, Sharp Decision, who is also owned by uh, Susan Day. And so they're really fun, awesome horses. They're both thoroughbreds. Um, Right. Uh, Sharp Decision raced 61 times, so he was a war horse, and uh, he actually also competed in the RRP makeover at 2018. So he's kind of moved up the levels, and um, yeah, very, very nice horse. And then Munson Slough is also a grandson to Seattle Slough, and he's been a really exciting horse as well to bring along. And um, just, yeah, I'm really excited. This is a really fun event, and I mean, what better place to come and run is here. So tell us um, about your dad, Rick's contribution to your climb in the eventing world. 
<laughs> well, he's always there. Uh, yeah, I mean, my dad's always been very supportive, and we talk to each other every day, and uh, there, yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, he's my dad. <laughs> well, we have a great relationship together, and, um, you know, it's over the years, she's she's come up on her own, and, and you know, with my help in the beginning, and her mother's, and now she's really blossomed and gone on and to do great things with Mustangs and Thoroughbreds and a five-star rider, and, you know, a father couldn't be more proud. Um, I actually, you know, lean on her a bit to help me out now, so, you know, the, <laughs> the roles change over the years, so I'm super proud of her. You should be indeed. Talk a little bit about the thoroughbreds um, competing against uh, about the warm bloods and the other breeds and how they how they kind of, you know, I love them personally. I think they're incredible versatile horses. I love to see them come off the track and, and do uh, what they do out in, in, you know, OTTB's post and eventing. I've seen them do everything from barrel racing to uh, you name it, they can do it. So, so talk a little bit about how it, is it more difficult to compete on the thoroughbreds? I love their speed and their agility and and all of that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah, thoroughbreds can still be considered a little bit of an underdog. Uh, however, they are quality horses. So to me, a quality horse is a quality horse. But I love the underdogs. So um, they, when I mean, I have ridden warm bloods and thoroughbreds, and I prefer the thoroughbred because there's a softness to them, especially out on cross country. I kind of it's similar to kind of playing the piano versus riding sometimes the warm bloods can be a little bit um i don't know it's just a feel and i really love the softness of of in the quickness of a thoroughbred especially when you're doing the five stars um and then also they have a humongous heart. So once they, once that horse loves it, especially the thoroughbreds, they, they're going to fight for it. They want it. And they really, really enjoy the cross country. Their ears are pricked and they're listening. There's nothing better than being on a thoroughbred. So. Yeah, it's funny that people are always looking for blood in their, their, their event horses. And if, what, what better way to have it but 100% blood with a thoroughbred? Absolutely incredible. Uh, wonderful. Anything else that you want to add or tell us about this weekend that's really special? What's really great is they've done an amazing job here really trying to educate. Um, I know my dad has been a big part of, of really trying to get more and more and make this a huge local event, but also I have clients coming from uh, other parts of the country to come and watch and learn more about our sport and eventing. And the, of course, they've got the demos and they've got um, people here that are willing to answer any of the questions. So it's a really good place to come and just learn and have fun. So with a vendor village, uh, an Olympic qualifier, lots of kids' activities, incredible clubhouse and VIP, tailgating, uh, you name it. We've got it out here at the Ocala Jockey Club, uh, really the, the second highest point in Florida and one of the most beautiful farms in the whole entire world, in my opinion. It's amazing. It is. Elisa and Rick lives here, right? You've got to say. I live here. I live right behind us in the, well, not in the barn, but, you know, on the property. <laughs> but my horses are in that barn. It's amazing. Here, Eric and Pavla Nygaard have, you know, just have a bit of a bit of heaven here, and we couldn't be more more proud to be here. I know Shelly Page and Max Corcoran are working really hard to make this a really great event this year. Again, it's the fourth annual, so we're excited. Really, hope for years to come. The looks perfect. They've done a really good job managing the grounds, and I think the weather is going to be spot on. So, couldn't ask for a better weekend. We did order chamber weather this weekend, for sure, and it's all... Head out and watch us. It's already, obviously, on the way. Uh, as you can see, beautiful blue skies. I think we have Tick Maynard here behind us, uh, and he's uh, uh, out there working with a horse, so that's pretty... get my demo horses out there to practice as well. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't want to hold you up. Uh, thank you very much to Rick Wallace and his daughter, Elisa, for joining us. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show.